Hello, and welcome to the Creatio's No Code Podcast, where we discuss insights, tips, and success stories about how to leverage the no code approach and low code and no code technologies to transform business and deliver applications of any complexity. I'm your host, Jason Miller, Head of Revenue Operations and No Code Evangelist here at Creatio. I am happy to be joined today by Philip Lakin. He is the co-founder and CEO of No Code Ops. Philip, welcome. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, Philip, we've had the opportunity to speak together so many times. We presented at the Creatio No Code Days in Florida just recently, and I wanted to get your take. How was that event? How 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 did you enjoy that event? I loved it. And watching the growth of that event year over year has been phenomenal. Um, the the caliber of uh, people and insights that Creatio brings to the table uh, and like what y'all are doing for evangelizing no code, especially in the enterprise, uh, is just been amazing to watch and inspiring even for us as like a smaller, you know, startup and brand kind of uh, trying to do more no code evangelism uh, in different sized businesses. So yeah, it was amazing. That's awesome. And, and, Philip, I know that as the CEO of No-Code Ops, you work with a lot of different no-code companies and you get to talk to a lot of different no-code practitioners. Talk to me a little bit about what No-Code Ops is doing as you're working with these different no-code technologies. For sure. So we... um you know, we started as a newsletter uh, just because I found that there were a lot of folks uh, when no code was really a, a huge, popular, buzzy word a few years back. There was a lot of talk around no code being used for um, building your own business or a side hustle or micro SaaS, and there just wasn't really a lot of like vendor agnostic talk around how to use no code uh, in your operational non technical roles, right? Like sales ops, people ops, marketing ops, etc. And uh, so I just started a newsletter and that newsletter grew pretty fast, even to my surprise. Uh, I was like, oh, wow, there's more people like me that uh, care about this niche of a niche. Um, and so then, you know, we started a community and uh, and then the community led us into really thinking about the software that we want to contribute to the ecosystem. So, uh, which is now Operator, uh, which comes out uh, later this summer, which we're really excited about, which is the first uh, automation management platform uh, for people really focusing on Airtable and Zapier for now, but more platforms on both sides come soon. And the way we think of ourselves in the market and the way that like, we work with uh, a lot of the platforms is we're like our major mission, right, is to increase the adoption of these tools in organizations so that individuals and their teams can be more empowered than they ever were before. And we think that when non-technical folks at mid to large size companies learn how to use these tools, it is a literal win for everybody. The customer gets a better experience. Uh, the tool, of course, gets a customer. Uh, the individual uh, typically uh, makes more money over time because they become the systems person on their team. And the team has a better internal tool and they don't have to wait on the devs. And the devs don't have to work on internal tooling, which they typically don't want to do anyway. So it's just a massive win for everybody. I think that's awesome. And and that's a lot of what we talk to folks about the power of no code as well. And and you've got an even broader view of no code, not just, you know, from, from the enterprise standpoint here at Creatio, but like you said, working with Airtable or Bubble or Zapier or some of these other technologies that bring different levels of experience and different levels that can be applied at different areas kind of within a growth of a company. I think that's amazing. Now, a lot of people think about um, no code as just something that the business does. 
And I think that to some extent that's true. Recently, I was just out in Las Vegas at the Business Application Summit, though, uh, for the Gartner Business Application Summit, sorry. And that's a very IT technical group that goes to that summit. And we were talking with those folks out there, and we, we, we were talking about two things. One, we were talking about no-code evangelism and the no-code playbook. Um, we gave away like 500 copies to IT leaders. Yeah, I see you got in the background there. But we talked to these IT folks, and what we were hearing a lot was, look, we, we, we believe it. We feel it. We want to empower citizen development because we now realize that we've exceeded the tipping point. So not just when you're thinking about talking to these these business folks, but also the IT folks, because I know that you talk to some of those folks as well. Yeah. Have, have you started to see this kind of more across the board where folks on both sides, the business and IT, are, are taking hard looks at no-code technology? Oh, yeah. So, you know, the, the path that we typically come across, right, in like the growth stage companies uh, is... Um, Things are growing very fast, uh, and there's a lot of work to be done. Um, and someone on the non-technical side of the world, uh, whether it's in sales or marketing or finance, whatever, uh, has a need, uh, like a custom development need, uh, because off-the-shelf software isn't cutting it. Um, they go to the devs. The devs go, we're too busy, or we, we're going to roadmap you, right? Um, or maybe they're lucky enough to get a V1 that never gets updated, right? Um so then they start looking for solutions and they start building stuff. Um, and, you know, some of them approach IT before they start looking and work with IT. And some just go, nope, we're doing it in the shadows, right? Total shadow IT. We're just going to we're just going to get it done because, you know, some in some organizations, they're set up for failure sometimes where it's like you have to choose. Do you do it fast or do you do it right? And what I think the best IT teams have done is partnered with the business team at the earliest stage say, we don't want to block you. We want to empower you. Bring us into your conversations. Um, we don't want to be the people controlling every little integration that you do, but we just want to have a common language around governance and how to think about this stuff so that we can have insight to what you're doing and have guardrails to what you're doing, but give you all the freedom and flexibility and speed you need because guess what? Whether it's IT or devs that are taking the reign of technical work away from the non-technical folks that are closest to the, part, the department that has the need, you lose you lose something every level of removal that you have from the problem itself. You lose specificity and speed. And that's a problem. And people want to be specific and need speed. You know, they want to work at the speed of business. And like, uh, you can't do that when, you know, all of your requests are going to a different department. So I, I think that IT teams are getting hip to this stuff. Um, they're thinking about governance, right? They're thinking about how do we empower folks and not just be the people that say no. Um, and the, the best IT teams are getting involved in the earliest stages and saying, look, we don't need to centralize every single integration thing that you do or workflow that you build. But like we want to have rules of the road with you that we agree upon and, you know, a certain set of standards for systems that we agree upon. Yeah, I think that that you brought up two major points and, and I think that they're really important. So one is that level of abstraction, right? It's like when we were kids playing game of telephone, by the time the, the person that actually needs the message gets it, it's changed, right? So this has always been the, the challenge with having BAs that were at some level of abstraction from the business trying to work with the architects, the developers, because that need changed, right? And, and inevitably, things didn't get done. And, you know, 
in the old world, people would just develop applications, say, here you go, business. And they'd be like, this isn't what I wanted. This doesn't work for me. So obviously <laughs> yeah, removing that level of abstraction helps. I think that's a good thing. The other thing you talked about was the empowerment and the governance, right? So IT groups absolutely are not only hip to this, but they're they're realizing that they need to do it. But one of the biggest concerns that we heard while we were out there um, talking with all these IT leaders is they're still afraid that there's not enough governance, that all they're doing is mm -hmm. promulgating shadow IT. And and we here at Creatio, and I know others are starting to think about this. We've actually one step for, went one step further, and we've launched a governance-centric application. And Philip, I know you've had a chance to at least get a preview of this application. When you think about governance, risk, and controls and providing you know real-time audits of your citizen developments, how is this kind of changing the game when it comes to IT and business folks thinking about adopting no-code? Yeah, first of all, it is so cool to see what Creatio is doing on the governance front, how far you're pushing the envelope. Um, I think I'd love to see more of that across the no-code industry. I think it's one of the things that the no-code industry has actually not done a great job of overall. I think it's getting better at, um, but I love seeing y'all push the envelope on that front. Um, look, I, I think that shadow IT is uh, IT leaders will often look at the business and say, this is a business problem, that the business is doing this stuff. And I actually disagree. I think it's an IT problem. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. If you have a culture in your company of just hearing no and uh, a non-collaborative IT team, you're going to get shadow IT. If you have an IT team that does not work well with the business and serve the business needs, you're going to get shadow IT. IT teams in today's world, in the modern world of like bottoms up SaaS and all of these things, right? Uh, where, you know, people are just hopping on board with swiping a credit card, right? Like that motion of sales is going nowhere. The power of these applications is going nowhere. And with things like GPT, the, the, the power to non-technical users is only getting amplified, right? So uh, modern day IT leaders, uh, if they want to squash shadow IT, they need to literally have internal marketing campaigns around, here's how we work with folks. You want to bring something in? We're going to help you vet it. We're going to work with you on this thing. Like we're going to partner with you. We're going to give you some of our ideas around like what can be combined or leveraged internally that we maybe already have, right? It, making it a conversation, not just a, you know, you shall not pass conversation, right? Um, I think that that's really, really, really important. Um, and even educating users internally around like, Hey, here's like maybe some things you should know about database architecture 101, right? Or here's some things you should know about like what is PII and like where should it be and not? Like, you know, that will help you move faster at the end of the day, right? So how do you help the business goals not just be a blocker? I think is I think is really, really important. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of like seeing where all the all of the pushes on governance are going. I'm of course a big fan of it, like with what we're doing with operator, like we looked at the no-code world and said, we don't want to build another Zapier or Airtable or Creatio, right? Like y'all are really, really good at what you do, right? Our, our thinking was um, when folks are using multiple applications, right? So they have like multiple apps in their stack. How do you see the dependencies between them? How do you move fast without having to use something like a GitHub, right? But like, um, how do you... Uh, you know, document while building without you having to write down every little thing. Like, and how do you eventually take that operational excellence that gets built to really primarily serve you as the operations professional and your team, and then abstract that to IT and devs? And like, that's what we're thinking a lot about at operators. So 
you couldn't be talking to someone who's more of a fan of governance. So you, you, you hit on so many great points, and I 100% agree with all of them. Let's think about how this applies to the no-code playbook for a minute, right? We, we talk about in there having this collaborative environment, and you mentioned that, right? Not, not being a wall, not being a blocker. And we talk about developing these fusion teams and a center of excellence and, and understanding when to enable citizen dev, when to bring it into the center of excellence, when to dedicate a fusion team to it. When, when you think yep. about these types of approaches and building that collaboration between IT and the business, what are maybe the one or two kind of key things that you feel like organizations need to consider when they're trying to make that decision around enabling citizen development or really trying to bring it into either a COE or a, a fusion team? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And I think um, I think I've seen like some approaches here that are either like, we're not going to do it or like we're going to lean in super, super, super hard. Right. And like, we're going to have a COE and like get way ahead of ourselves um, and like have this top down approach to like, this is no code. This is how we do it here at this company. And like, this is the training program. Like, and I think there's so many steps in between those um, that often get skipped to detriment. Right. Um, It's not about just like instantly doing it by the book and like having everybody take a course and like, you know, having the czar of your no code stuff that everyone's got to go through. Right. Um, I think it gets to the point where you need something like that down the road if you keep investing in this area, but it's not the first step, right? And I think that um, matching the level of need to the level of commitment that you can realistically do with this stuff is really, really important. Um, and you just don't need that much red tape at first, I, I don't think. Um, I think you do need it when you have more, you know, 500 citizen developers, you need some red tape to make stuff work, right? But in the beginning, it's just like, hey, what's like one or two things that IT can proactively do with the business to like, you know, set some rules of the road to make sure that we can move fast together, right? So examples of that are, um, hey, like uh, once a month, can we just like sit down and like talk about like what's not working for you in your business stack and like see if we can come up with solutions together in the business? And if we can't like maybe like we work with you on like the, 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 the requirements doc together on like what you'd look for in something like this. Right. It's, it's that, it's just like those small steps that are proactive or it's like, um, Hey, can we just like, uh, we have all these people using Airtable now. Can we just like, you know, lock down some permissions and, and like have like an internal Airtable course or like a course that's, you know, maybe like, you know, um, Aaron, who used to work at Airtable Talent Webflow, has a course called Automate All the Things. Can you like, can we just say you get editor permissions once you've taken this course, right? Just like small, simple steps. And eventually you get to the point where you need like a COE, but like, I think that's like a way further down the road thing. You know, and I 100% agree with you. It's funny. We talk about in the no-code playbook, we talk about kind of the different players, right? And there's new personas when you start thinking about no-code, whether it's no-code creators or system developers, um, you start thinking about having a no-code leader, a no-code architect. Now, these are drawing on similar skill sets that, that we've all used and been in these roles in the past, but it requires a little bit different thought process. So you talk about education. One of the things that we've done is we've actually launched a no-code creator course on Udemy, and we've got a no-code architect course that's coming out. Matter of fact, I'm getting ready to uh, record the no-code leader course here pretty soon. 
So I, I, I think that having this, this education process embedded into what you do, I think is extremely important. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, we've got a few minutes left here, but one of the things that I want to talk about is a little bit more about no-code ops, because I think the service that no-code ops provides to the citizen development community at large is very valuable. Like you said, you started off as a newsletter, but I know that you've got um, you've got your, your tool coming out, operator, it's coming out a little bit later this summer. But more importantly, I want to talk about a bigger event that you guys are planning for early in 24. Talk to us about your 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 no code event that you're planning for early 24. Yeah, so uh, ever since the beginning of the community, one of the biggest requests and most often requests we got from community members around the world is we want to have an in-person conference. We all want to hang out with each other. We want to have like a yearly summit because um, we have such an active online you know community. And so uh, they want to hang out with each other. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, look, we... Uh, we saw what uh, was done in Paris uh, at the No Code Summit, which we plan to go to again this year, which is just a highly recommend phenomenal event uh, happening in October this year. Um, and we were like, this is incredible. Like there is so much energy around this. And there's, there's so many passionate people that want to just get together in person from around the world to talk about this. And our thinking was like, could we get together an event where the focus is operations, right? Where it's, you know, we're not going to be talking about building your own business or uh, or side hustles or micro SaaS, right? Like there's plenty of avenues for that stuff and we're huge fans of it, right? Um, but like, could we get the operators together, you know, where you're focused on like going from sales into sales ops or marketing into marketing ops, right? Um, or learning, uh, you know, 301 level stuff uh, mm -hmm. on things like Make and Airtable and N8N and Zapier, right? Like, you know, uh, that other operations professionals are doing. Could we uh, get together and celebrate internal use cases, right? So, I, you know, one thing that always bugged me was like, you always hear about in the news, like, oh, this founder did this, or oh, this person had this exit with this, or they, they used Bubble to build this, and they had this huge exit, or they did this huge funding run. Like, that's awesome. But you know, what we don't hear about is like, John got like uh, a 250K uh, budget a year approved for this tool. That's amazing, right? Or like this person saved his company 100 hours a month uh, in sifting through PDFs by launching this workflow. Yeah. Um, like, or this person's uh, team's ENPS score raised by, you know, six because like they finally have a tool that they love to use. Like those are the types of internal wins that we wanted to publicly celebrate and uh not only do it online but also like bring everyone together and do it in person and of course we think that atlanta is the no code capital of the world so we'll be hosting it in atlanta in spring of 24. that's awesome so if somebody wants that's listening to this or or watching this on on youtube wants to learn more about no code ops where do they need to go sure so nocodeops.com is everything about us our conference, our community, the operator tool, our newsletter. It's all one place, just nocodeops.com. Uh, and I'm uh, pretty active on Twitter and LinkedIn, just at Philip Lakin uh, with one L. Um, would love to connect with you, uh, hear about you know any way that I can help you on your journey. Absolutely. Well, Philip, I, you mentioned a couple of things. And as we wrap here, Obviously, I, I absolutely love evangelizing with you in this world of no code. I think that back at uh, you, man. Yeah, we always I, have a jam. Yeah, we, we, I enjoy every time we get together. So I know that we're going to see each other in Atlanta. 
but I don't want to. I don't want that to be the last time that you and I get a chance to see other no coders around the world. Um, what I want to do now is I want to just quickly we'll throw up on the screen for those of you that are watching on YouTube. This is a list of events that Creatio will be doing around the world. We're doing our no code oh, wow. days tour around the world. We already did Miami. We're going all over the world. Next stops Jakarta. Out in the Asia Pacific, we'll be doing London, Tel Aviv, Warsaw, and many, many more. Stop by, check them out at creatio.com. Check out nocodeops.com. Philip, it has been an absolute pleasure, my friend. I am so glad that you were able to join us today. So good to jam. Thanks so much, y'all. I appreciate it. Now, for those of you who are listening online and your favorite podcast channel, Thank you for joining us today. I really want to especially thank Philip for joining us and talking more about no-code ops. For those of you who want to learn more about the no-code playbook, you can download a free copy on the Create Show website, or you can go to Amazon and download a Kindle version. And again, for those of you listening on our on your podcast channel, please check us out on all the podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, many more. And the, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, make sure you click that like button, subscribe. Every time we post a new podcast, we'll make sure we get it out to you. Thank you again for joining us today. Have a wonderful day.